to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. My name is Angela Mondor, also known as the Geeky Girl. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about some amazing things to help you get over overgiving. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Overgivers Anonymous. My name is Angela Mondor, and I am an overgiver. <laughs> Today, I want to talk to you about a really important piece. I'm just so you know, not only am I overgiver, but also I believe, no, no, I don't believe. I know that time is my love language. The way that we spend time, the way that I choose to spend my time is super important to me. If I choose to spend time with you, I care about you. And so when I'm thinking about time in that in that space and that idea of what does time mean to me, my productivity becomes really important. And not just productivity in terms of how much stuff can I get done. I think that that gets lost along the way. I, lots of people I talk to say, oh, I'm not very productive. I'm not getting much done. Productivity to me is way deeper and way more important than just how much crap can I check off my list. To me, the productivity matters when we start talking about the types of things that I'm going to get done. What is the purpose behind what I'm doing? What is the purpose between, behind where am I spending my time? That to me is way more important than how many checkboxes did I actually mark off as complete and how many were left empty at the end of the day. If I am day to day working on the things that are important to me, that are important to the business, that are important to my family, then those are the things that matter most. Whether I get four of them done or 400 of them done per day, per week, per year, doesn't matter. Okay. So I want you to think differently about your lack of productivity. A lot of times people come and they say, oh, I'm not being very productive. It's like, okay, but how are you feeling about that? I mean, that's a massive shift in terms of difference in the way you see your work or how you feel about, you know, how you feel about your work is really important. And a lot of times I hear things like, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I feel like I'm drowning, um, I feel like I'm stuck in quicksand. I mean, if any of those sorts of things conjure up like, oh my God, that's exactly how I've been feeling. I'm just, I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not feeling good about what's happening. Then I encourage you to really seriously take a deep breath. <sighs> take a moment. I'm going to 30,000 foot you for a minute, Okay. We're going to zoom out of everything because I want you to think differently about the, your view of productivity. So first of all, stop shooting on yourself. Okay. When we are shooting all over ourselves, we're typically comparing ourselves to other people. Now, I get that other people can inspire us and that we can choose to believe or we can choose to see another person's behavior, their work ethic, their whatever, and say, I'd like to be like that person. But when we compare ourselves to them, we don't have the whole picture. We see their persona. We see what they show us. And if you were to really be honest with yourself right now, what you show the world is probably different than what actually happens inside your own head. There's a bit of a barrier between what we show other people and what we allow ourselves to see, right? We're, we're put up a bit of a wall there. So when you're comparing yourself to others, you're only comparing yourself to what they're choosing to share with you or what they're choosing to show the world. And that doesn't make it very helpful for you to be able to see the whole picture. 
Instead, I encourage you to, to compare yourself with yourself. How were you yesterday compared to how were you today? How were you five years ago compared to how are you today? Those are the kinds of things that are more valuable. You have the whole picture there. You have the whole story. You know what all those bits and pieces are. So don't compare yourself with somebody else who you may think has the perfect way to do whatever it is. Compare yourself only to you. What are your goals? What are your aspirations? What is it that you want to create? What brings you joy and happiness? That's the only thing that matters. Then the next question I ask you is, are you working in your own brilliance? Just because we can doesn't mean to say we should. Okay. I know I talk about this a lot, but just because I can tear a printer apart and fix it doesn't mean to say I should. That does not mean to say that that is the best place for my circle of brilliance. It's not. I work much better in different situations. I have a much bigger impact in the world in doing other things than fixing a printer or running cables or networking or whatever else I used to do that I still can. Just because you can doesn't mean to say you should. Really, really important. And then when you're looking at this overall thought process, remember I talked about how you can use other people as inspiration. You can choose to see another person's way of doing something and say, that inspires me to do something. But I ask you this question, is it motivating you or stressing you out? Now, everybody, everybody is a little different. Okay. If I compare myself to somebody else, personally, and I say, oh, I like the way their business is running. I like what they're doing. And I da, 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 da. And if I'm comparing where I'm at to where they're at, generally that doesn't work well to me. Generally that just puts me under stress. Now I feel like I have to live up to them or I have to do what they do to be successful. That adds stress to my life. For some people, it motivates them. So if you're somebody who gets motivated by that, have at her, enjoy. But generally speaking, all of us on the neurodivergent pathway, that adds extra stress to us because the way that we see them work, we think, oh my gosh, I can't accomplish that. So therefore I suck. Okay. Just because somebody else has a certain path or trajectory does not mean to say that that's the right one for you. And I really want to help you find the right path for you. That's my entire purpose for hanging out here with you. I want you to enjoy waking up every day to whatever it is in the world that you've created. And I want you to understand that you can create that. This is your own universe to create what it is that you want to have in this. Okay. It's not easy, but it's simple. You choose your day. You choose how you want your life to play out. Okay. So in that methodology, I want you to learn what fuels you. What is it that makes you jump out of bed? What is it that you get passionate about? Here's the deal. Passion is a really weird thing. And now I've had lots of people in my life, in my business life, say to me that I had to find my why. I had to understand what it was that drove me. And to be honest, for years, I couldn't figure out what the hell they were talking about. It made no sense to me at all. I just played along with their little game and pretended I knew what my why was. And then I started to think about it differently. And perhaps this is because of my own personal ADHD and neurodiversity, the way that my brain works, who knows? But at the end of the day, 
passion to me is different or my why is different than what other people played up to be. Some people are like, oh, do you work because you want your kids to be, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, part of my life, yes, that was true. I did start a business so that I could be at my daughter's hockey game, so that I could be at my other daughter's uh, plays and recitals and all those kinds of things. Yes, I chose to have a business so that it would be flexible around that. But that's not what drove me, right? That's not what um, made me get up and go, oh, I'm so excited. To me, it was the work. It was what I was doing for people. It was the difference that I was making in other people's lives. And then understanding that, you know, you evolve. The way your business is today is is different than it's going to be in six months and a year and two years and three years. Your business will change. If you have been in business for several years, you'll see that as a trajectory. If you haven't, if you're new, I want you to know it's quite true that your business will change. I started this business in 2009. And at the time I was in fact fixing computers, running cables and fixing printers for my clients who were local business owners. That's what I did then. Until I started to understand what my brilliance was, until I started to understand how I could make a better difference, a bigger difference in the world. So when we think about what's important to us, that and what fires us, what does it fuel us? That's where our dopamine comes from. When you are in your business, what is it that you're like, oh my God, I loved that. I love being on calls one-on-one with clients. I love spending time with them and making difference for them right then and there. I love being able to solve people's problems. I love being with a group of people and helping them mastermind their way through and solve their problems. That fuels me. And it's dopamine addicting. I don't know. I love the dopamine I get from it. It's really amazing. So I know that that's part of my business that I need to figure out how to make more of. I need to know how can I create these experiences for myself so that I can help more people this way. Because I know that when I'm in those moments, when I'm truly excited about those moments, that is when I can make the biggest difference in other people's lives. And that's what fuels me. Now, some people say you need a reward. So if you accomplish this goal, you reward yourself with this and some people that works for them. But what does that reward look like to you? To me, you know what that reward looks like? Yesterday, I took a day off so I could read a book that I've been waiting for that's been waiting from, I've been reading a series. And this book I've been waiting for months, months, well, months, yes, months, because I've been reading the series for months. And I knew that this was a part of the story that I've been waiting to hear read. And so I took a day off when the dick, when the, the book was landing to me, that's a reward to me. That is, Oh, I've done a lot of good work. And now I can take a day off to do that. That's I was alone. Nobody was home. I mean, it was brilliant. It was just me and the dogs and my book. What does that reward look like to you? For some people, that means that you get to go buy a new outfit. Maybe it means that you get to go out for coffee with a friend. Maybe it means you go to the spa. What is it that a reward looks like to you? What are you looking at and saying, yes, that would feel rewarding if I was able to do that? Think about it on your perspective. Every one of us has a different way of looking at this. And I encourage you to find out what's right for you. Because what's right for me might not be what's right for you. But think about it. What is it that you would love to do that you could reward yourself with? And then that's going to help you when you're looking about what fuels you. You can then use it as a reward for the things that you get done. Now, 
here's something a lot of you might not have been thinking about. And I find that when I bring this to light for people, it literally turns the light on upstairs. Your brain is going to work differently hour to hour. When you wake up, when you get up out of bed, you're either somebody who wakes up with a lot of clarity or you're somebody who wakes up with a lot of mental fog. That's just the way your brain works. Which is it? Does that mean that if you wake up first thing in the morning with a clear mind? So does it mean that if you wake up in the morning with a clear mind, then now is the best time for you to write something? Is it now is the time to record a video? Is now the time for you to do planning? If you wake up with a fog, does it mean that now is the time for you to do mundane tasks inside the business, tasks that you can do with your eyes closed, things that are just a little easier on your brain? For me, I wake up with a lot of clarity first thing in the morning, which is when I can write, I can do things that are more deeply requiring of that mental energy. My afternoon is the time where I want to do more mundane things, I'll organize things. I can plan in that mundane time. I don't need to be super, super clear to plan in that other time, but know what time works for you for different tasks. There's only one way to do that. And that's to keep track. Now I encourage you to do at least a week, if not two or three weeks worth of this tracking. One of the best things I ever did in my business was track my business and my brain so that I could figure out what works best for me. That's why I incorporated it into our Rockstar Planner, okay? The Rockstar Planner gives us the ability to not only use a checklist as to what we need to get done every day, not only is there an agenda in there, can you plan your entire business? But one of the things that I did was taking this. It looks easy, right? It's a weekly plan and the day is broken up into 15-minute increments, the reason why I tell you to break it up in 15-minute increments is because things don't always take a great big, huge block of time. It's possible you're doing a task that only takes you 15 minutes or five. So here's what I suggest you do at that point. You use a pencil because you're going to plan your day. Now, in order for you to plan your day efficiently, effectively, it's important for you to understand what things work best for you. But the only way you can do that is by figuring it out in the first place. So use grace on yourself and use a pencil. Plan your day, write down how long you think things are going to take, put blocks of time as to what you're going to do during those blocks of time. And then after you've done the thing that you've done, that you've written down in pencil, write over it in pen, or colored marker, whatever turns your crank, with the actual amount of time that it took. If you think, if you're going to sit down and write a blog post and you think, oh, that'll take me 20 minutes, but it takes you two hours, now you're understanding the difference. Now, here's another thing to think about. When you do that blog post at two o'clock in the afternoon on the Monday, try and do it next week at nine o'clock in the morning. See if it makes a difference. Does it, do you work faster during that time? Your day and your brain will work different than everybody else's. And it's your business. It's your choice on how you organize these things. When you do get to a point where you've gone through this enough times that you can see, oh, geez, if I write blog posts at two o'clock in the afternoon, it takes me two hours. But if I write them on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock, it takes me 20 minutes. You've just learned something huge about yourself. Now you can choose when to put things into your calendar. Plan your day. Choose tasks based on that time frame. 
know what's going to work best for you because you've already gone through and done all the research of it. So do that for a couple of weeks before you figure out exactly how your brain works. And now you have the ability to plan out your day. Here's what's really important when you're planning your day around you. Make sure that you have breaks in there. I know, right? Why do I need to plan breaks? Because if you're running phone calls with your clients or if you're doing work and it's back to back to back to back, you will ultimately be way more exhausted than if you had done a chunk of time, a 15-minute break, a chunk of time, a half an hour break. Whatever works for you, again, trial and error. What works for you? Figure it out. Learn you better than anybody else. Learn you. Figure out what works best for you so that you can put those breaks in there. It's really important. If you are neurodivergent like I am, and if you are struggling with a workload where you feel like you're constantly overwhelmed and there's far too much to do, I guarantee you taking breaks will make a huge difference. You will be able to accomplish way more during the day if you just take a break. Literally, I've got a Google Home behind me. You can see it. It's right over there. When that thing goes off during a busy workday, it'll say, hey, time to get up and stretch. Oh, don't forget to get up and go get something to drink. It gives me audio cues so that I know it's time to get up and go do something else. I'm grateful for my dogs. They always give me a reason to get up because they're always needing to go in and out to the bathroom or they need something. And so it gets me up and out of this chair. That is super, super important to me. Having that break in the monotony allows me to work Longer hours? <laughs> Not that I work longer hours. How can I explain this? I'm able to accomplish more, uh, even though I'm taking breaks. So my day might stretch a little longer in terms of when I start and when I end. But I'm still getting the same amount of work done. The only difference is I'm not super exhausted by the end of it. I'm actually still okay to continue on and do things with my family at the end of the day, which is important to me. Okay? So give yourselves breaks. And give yourself grace. I know I mentioned it earlier, but it's really important. Not every day is perfect. And not every day will go exactly as it is planned. Unexpected things happen. I mean, let's be honest. I never expected that my daughter's car would catch on fire on December 25th. Granted, we weren't working that day, thankfully. But things happen. And so it's important for you to make sure that you understand that just because you planned your day to go this way doesn't mean to say it's going to. But when things go sideways and it was of something that you couldn't control and things just happened, give yourself grace, understanding, give yourself the same understanding. If your best friend had come to you and said, I planned this day and it went sideways because of this, how would you treat that best friend? You'd say, oh man, really? That happened to you? Well, no wonder you couldn't get X, Y, and Z done. You wouldn't say, well, you're shit. You should have just still been able to get all that stuff done, even though the world was on fire, literally. <laughs> so think about that when you're looking at yourself. And when you're thinking about, you know, what's working for you, giving yourself grace, it's more important to get right back up when you fall down, not even right back up, because sometimes it takes a while to get up off the ground. I appreciate that. It's not about how much times you fall. It's about how many times you get up. That's something that we've heard so many times. But it is so important because when you do get up again, that's what's important to you. It's getting up, getting back to it, moving on, doing the things you have to do. That is way more important than the fact that you fell in the first place. And every week, I encourage you to reflect and readjust with everything that's going on. 
it's possible that you line up your weekday to be exactly as you expect it to, and it works fine for months. And then all of a sudden, things are a little different, and you can't figure out why. It's because it's time to readjust. It's time to reflect on what's going on, what works and what doesn't. When you look at that and you say, these are the things that went really well, it allows you to multiply them. You can then say, this works well, so therefore I'm going to continue doing these things. When you look at it and say, hey, these things didn't go well, now you have the opportunity to say, okay, so how come they didn't go the way I expected? Or how can I change things so that they can go more the other side? Then you can change what happens next week. When you're planning a week ahead, I always encourage people to do this on like a Sunday before your week starts, before Monday hits you in the side of the head, try to do it. Some people do it the end of day Friday before their week ends. I like to do it on Sundays just before because it gives me, by the time Friday hits, I'm just like, I'm done. I want to walk away. I need, I need the time. And then Sunday I can say, okay, what am I going to be doing next week? For me, that works for me, but it might not work for you. For some people, they like to end their Friday by planning their next week. Figure it out. Play with it. What works for you? That's what's going to work. Okay. Now you can figure out what to change next week. That is super, super important. I encourage you to think differently about this lack of productivity. Think differently about your overwhelm. What is it that you want to have and how do you want your days to go? You have the power to make all those changes. I loved making this for you and I look forward to talking to you again. I hope you have a fantastic week. Please let me know if you have any questions or comments. If you have you know, any questions about the things we covered, I'd love to hear from you. Have yourselves a fantastic week. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Overgivers Anonymous podcast. Your support means the world to me. You can find show notes for this episode and other goodies at overgiversanonymous.ca. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed the podcast in general, why not join us in the Overgivers Anonymous Facebook group where you can connect with overgivers from all over the world. Head on over to geekygirl.ca slash group. 